it's Lynn Martin and welcome to this week's episode of Bedhead and Beery Eyes, the podcast. So today I am talking about a subject that impacts everybody's lives. It is something that doesn't often get raised at the kitchen table and definitely doesn't get raised around the table in the pub by the men. But it's something that we all need to take ownership about and understand a little bit more about so that we can support each other and actually start taking actions to make our own lives more comfortable, I guess. And that subject is women's health. So many of us have ingrained fears and thoughts and negative experiences about you know, the start of our menstrual cycle journey. And I'm sure most of us look back and think about moments where we've been caught out or where we've been judged, especially if it's been at school. Um, there is nothing more harmful than comments in a playground. But more and more recently, I have found that when I've been in work, the subject of uh, menopause has become more and more prevalent and I realized that I'm a little behind the curve. Now that probably is because I haven't hit that phase of my life yet but I know it's probably not too far off and I don't think that's an excuse in this world now to be uninformed about how we can support other people um, and also look after our own bodies so know about it prior to actually getting there. So that's why I've taken some time out today to do a little bit more research to find out exactly what I can do to prepare my body and make symptoms easier. But more importantly, I wanted to find out a little about why when I changed my diet and my healthy routine about 18 months ago, many of the symptoms that I've suffered with for decades started to improve. And I wanted to find out whether it actually is to do with the um, ingredients and the, the foods that I'm choosing and putting in my body, and if there's any scientific evidence as to why that might be the case. So I started having a quick look uh, on the internet to find out about any studies that have been done that would link the menstrual cycle, uh, perimenopausal and the menopause to what you are feeding and fueling your body with. Um, there was two things actually that came up as major contributors to whether people suffered badly from menstrual symptoms and menopause symptoms and others that didn't. And funny enough, two of those things, one is exercise. Um, they couldn't find the actual scientific proof as to why they could identify that there was definitely an improvement in symptoms. And they believe at the moment that that's down to what we all would call the sort of feel-good hormones. So the release of serotonin and endorphins when we work out, it changes the chemical balance in our, our brains and it gives us that feel-good feeling, which obviously if, if your symptoms are related to moods, then that's going to give you a little bit of uh, leeway and a little bit more feel-good uh, when you've done your workout, especially at certain times during your cycle. But the bit that I'm more interested in today is is diet. And what recommendations are in general are that we should all be aiming to eat a high protein diet, one that's full of plenty fiber, calcium, um, and that is low in animal fats and salt and caffeine. And if you think about what salt and caffeine does to our body, it dehydrates it. And a dehydrated muscle, um, irritated by caffeine, cramps. 
which is why quite often many people will suffer these increased cramps because um, our body is needing an extra dose of that just to get through those symptoms. And what sort of sources of food do we need to include in our um, diets to make sure that we tick all those boxes? This isn't going to be new. I'm pretty sure we all know, even from school, what a healthy diet looks like. But what I challenge you to do today is just have a think about how frequently some of these actually do feature in your diet. You know, having it once a month isn't a contributory fact of a or a baseline of a diet. So just bear that in mind. So what we're looking to include is uh, red meat, so lean red meat, poultry, so chicken as a, as a common one, but turkey is a fantastic alternative. Fish, dairy, leafy green veg, nuts, legumes like black beans, whole grains, so whole green pastas and whole grain breads, and also eggs. So as I say, have a think about you know, how often have you included any of those? And it's not a case of any of them. Actually, what we're looking for is all of them to ensure that you have a nutritionally balanced diet. So we're also looking to avoid saturated fats and things like bacon or crisps are the sort of thing culprits there. So you're looking to try and limit or completely remove and swap out for something a bit more healthy if that is something that you have in your diet. And something I'm talking about all the time that I'm sure you're sick of me hearing about, I've already touched not there, but it's hydration, making sure that you drink enough water and also swapping out any caffeinated drinks um, or squashes with uh, herbal tea or the, the likes of that, one that really does um, hydrate your system rather than dehydrate it. And we're looking, if you want me to list a couple of really game-changing foods, we're looking at things like salmon and sardines, tofu, broccoli and uh, and a bok choy. If you throw some extra bok choy into a, a stir fry, you're giving yourself a really good, rich nutritional boost. So how does this all play into women's health? And uh, I have obviously today gone through a whole load of articles that just to try and identify a handful of really key vitamins and minerals that have been proven to at least contribute to well, a lack of it contribute towards these symptoms, but also by filling that nutritional gap to see what symptoms we could actually alleviate and just giving ourselves that extra resilience so that we can operate to the optimum level through these different phases of our life. Now, the first one I'm going to touch on is one of the eight B vitamins. And I know lots of people hear um, about B vitamins and the importance of them in their diet. But even I was a bit confused about which one's which. And often they're known by other names rather than, for example, B1 is known as thiamine. So it's something you might be familiar with, but it is a critical component of ensuring healthy men, um, women's health. And thiamine in itself breaks down sugar. So your carbohydrate-based foods in, um, in your diet, it breaks it down so that it can turn your body can turn it into energy. And it also creates neurotransmitters. So in your brain, it creates the little bits that allow the signals to move around your brain um, and the, the chemicals that, that the chemical reactions that um, are involved in there, which I think we quite often forget. We forget that actually, you know, there's an electrical current and there are all these chemicals and processes going on within us. We do tend to oversimplify how complex our brains and bodies are. 
It also produces fatty foods and we, um, fatty acids, sorry. And that's something that we very often hear in adverts, you know, about needing these fatty acids in our diet. But we're like, well, why is that? And part of the reason is that this thiamine helps synthesize certain hormones. And when we talk hormones, clearly we're talking women's health, menstrual cycles, and the change then through perimenopausal to the menopause. So thiamine is um, something that's found in pork, in trout, mussels, um, in squashes, and again, legumes, um, and also in seeds and nuts, which is something that you will see that features in my diet every single day. And it used to be something that I used to you know, sprinkle a little on just to make it look nice. But I now know the value of having all these healthy fats in my diet to unlock the nutritional potential of what I'm eating. So these um, thiamine or B1 can help to um, reduce most premenstrual symptoms, um, but in particular cramps and also in lifting the mood because it does get in and it helps that chemical train in your brain to make sure the right signals are getting through. Another B vitamin that's really important to include is vitamin B6, and it plays a role in hundreds of different enzyme reactions within your body. Again, a really, really complex um, chemical reaction required to unlock these um, valuable essence from our food, and B6 plays a really critical role in doing that. It helps the amino acid metabolize, and then it starts to break down carbohydrates and fats within our body. So you can see why it's really important to include them within our meals to make sure our body can extract what it needs from it. It also helps to support the immune system and is in particular brain development. So something if you're experiencing that um, brain fog, I know I did about two years ago, and I just almost got to the stage where I was just going to accept that that's what old age was and it's the start of early onset Alzheimer's and blah, blah. But actually, by reviewing what nutrition I was taking, I was able to identify that I was deficient in certain areas of, um, of my nutritional value. And it can be found in things like offal, which I know is, um, is, is not something that everybody eats, but chickpeas, tuna, salmon, poultry, potatoes, and one of the key things that that unlocks is actually it can, because it does impact the brain, it really helps with people that suffer from depression. And as we know, depression is not a choice. It's not something we can shake off. It is absolutely driven by a chemical imbalance in the brain and everything we can do to heal naturally, um, obviously in conjunction with doctors um, and medication if required, is absolutely worth investing the time finding out about. Moving on then to vitamin E. And this is probably one that people are a little bit more familiar with. I know that we quite often um, see vitamin E or high dose vitamin E on a lot of the skincare products that we use. Um, and that's because vitamin E is a, um, an antioxidant and it tries to eradicate the free radicals that are going in your body. So if you think about all these chemical reactions that are going, there are little electrons that end up um, being created in these reactions that go around the body looking for something to link onto to stabilize and in the the midst of their transition to finding stable your body's put under a little bit of pressure um, or stress um, which doesn't help the immune system it puts it under that little bit extra pressure and, and often can um, put it it can be one of the feeders for anxiety um, so it 
also slows down the aging of cells, which is why we find it on um, in skincare products. Because obviously working with that from the outside, but also healing from the inside is a really um, holistic way of making sure that we have got the right cell repair going on um, to make sure that our skin is healthy. But in terms of menstrual cycle, um, it can also help reduce the flow. So um, something that I think many young women would um, would really appreciate that sort of um, symptom relief, but also um, it helps to reduce the pain that is uh, attributed to many aspects of the cycle. Then moving on to vitamin D, and it's the sunshine vitamin. It's the one that we all use as the excuse to get out and spend a few hours in the rays. Uh, and it does have some really, um, you know, feel good. We know just the brightness of spending time in vitamin D helps you feel good. But there are chemical reasons there, too, that when they are consumed, um, it helps regulate calcium and the phosphate in your in your body. That helps support um, your bones, your teeth and your muscle health. So if your muscle health starts to decline, it means your mobility is uh, more likely to be reduced, which means more um pressure on your joints. So often when we see people starting to suffer from um, arthritis type um, issues, and, and it's really important actually to keep building those muscles as early as you can. So I mean, the, the NHS only recently changed its guidelines to uh, rather than just five workouts a day, they have actually recommended that three of those are significant weightlifting to make sure that you're putting your muscles through some controlled stress to make sure that they don't start to diminish. Um, and it's, you know, vitamin D is renowned for rickets, you know, the bending of the bones because it does help with the cell structure there, but it can help reduce irritability and anxiety. So in general, just helping your mood. So it's not just the sun being bright in the sky that cheers you up, it genuinely is a chemical change that's going in your body that helps to lift your spirits. And with uh, vitamin D, we need calcium. Calcium builds bones. It also helps with blood clotting. Um, and I know that's obviously a subject uh, that ties into when we're talking about the menstrual cycle, but it also controls uh, muscle contractions. And the biggest muscle we've got is your heart, or not the biggest, but the most important one is your heart. So making sure that you've got calcium is much, much more important than just having um, strong bones, but it does need to be combined with the vitamin D to get the true value out of those. And that's why you quite often see in supplements that the two tally together. It helps reduce um, premenstrual symptoms, uh, in particular cramps, water retention, mood swings, and also food cravings, which I think is something that, you know, all the ladies that come to me with weight issues tends to be these food cravings that they are um, really struggling to manage. And I, the first thing I say to them is, this isn't just you being, you know, weak-willed. This is your body craving, genuinely craving nutrition from sources. Unless you understand what source is deficient and what source um, it needs to be replenished with, your body will choose sugar, carbohydrate, because it's so easy to get a boost of energy from it. Whereas actually what we need to do is retrain it to get energy from all these other sources too. And then lastly in this list is zinc. And zinc is a real big one when it comes to supporting the immune system. It helps to fight off bacteria and also viruses, so really topical at the moment. But it also helps to make proteins and it helps to maintain the DNA in your body. So it really is one of the fundamental minerals that you need to be including in your diet. 
So all of those were identified as being the key minerals and vitamins that can help you to have a much, much um, more, I'm not going to say enjoyable, but less stressful menstrual cycle and then perimenopausal and menopausal journey. So that was thiamine and the, so vitamin B1, vitamin B6, vitamin E, vitamin D, calcium and zinc. So I would have a look at what you are eating um, See if you're deficient in any of those, especially if you're suffering from lack of energy, that brain fog, um, if your muscles are starting to waste or or feel more tired and, and, and failing to recover as quickly, maybe doing the same old like cutting the grass and you, you're taking that bit longer to try and recover. Have a look at the, the vitamins that are you making up your um, meals and see whether there is a, a quick win there. Now, other ones that are a bit more common that we talk about, and they are beneficial to everybody's health, and it's why they feature so big in my diet. Um, first of all, vitamin C it is one that we, the, the first one that we crack open when we've got a, a cold or a flu. Why is that? It supports the immune system, but it protects cells. So these viruses get in, they start to try and break down cells within your body. The vitamin C is there trying to counter that. And if you've got a strong immune system, you're much more likely to successfully beat off these viruses. Um, vitamin B12, another one that for me, my mum and my grandmother really have to focus on. Um, and it gives me a real feeling of what I would say imploding, where you literally just want to sleep, is a lack of vitamin B12. It really is the energy um, the energy vitamin. And you see it in many combinations of energy drinks or supplements when you go to the health food store. But it helps to um, repair the red blood cells. Red blood cells are the, the system that takes the oxygen through your body. So no wonder if you're short on vitamin B12, the oxygen's not getting to your body, that you literally feel like you want to just shut down and go to sleep. Um, and I have noticed that if I take, uh, if I don't have my daily dose of dense nutrition, by about three o'clock, I genuinely feel the B12 slump um, and I need to make sure I get it then or or my energy levels are gone for the rest of the day. Folate is another one, formerly also known as vitamin B9, also often known as um, folic acid in its synthetic form, one that we all attribute to um, people that are trying to get pregnant, that are looking to have a baby to make sure because we know it's fundamental in that cell reproduction in the early days. But it's just as important for adults to make sure that your folate levels are, um, are high. Again, it ties into this brain fog because it helps your brain function. And then finally, this is the one that I absolutely love. It's called biotin and it's called vitamin H. And that vitamin is the one that helps convert your food to energy. So if you imagine that you can't unlock that energy from your food so that you can get active because you're tired, this is when you start to see that your body will turn these um, the, the energy from the food into to storing fat. So it also helps to strengthen hair and nails. Um, and to improve your skin. Who doesn't want great skin, great hair, great nails? But there are so many more health benefits. And one of them, again, tied into your turning to menopausal, is your metabolism. And your metabolism slows for many, many reasons. One is hormonal. Um, if you haven't got enough biotin in your system, it will naturally um, start to slow. But your hormone changes around the time of menopause means that your body does, your metabolism does 
genuinely change. And you'll start to feel, even if you're eating the same, you'll start to maybe feel thick around the waist because your body just starts to store fat differently. It's nobody's fault. It's the way we're designed, but there are things we can do to reduce the impact of that by eating healthy and by getting active and by making sure that we've got all these vitamins in us to really keep our metabolism in peak condition. It also helps to lower cholesterol, something that people obviously are trying to address because they know and understand the benefits of that. But it also helps to regulate blood sugar, which is uh, really helpful for those that maybe are type 2 diabetic. Um, but also, it just stops us all having these energy slumps in the afternoon because if we can keep the, um, the blood sugars um nice and steady, it means our body isn't craving that food source. And if we combine all the benefits of this, it means that we've just got healthy skin, healthy hair, our brains functioning properly, we're, we are feeling our heart, feeling our muscles. And it just means that genuinely, by getting your nutrition unlocked, and um, you, can, you can literally change your life in terms of energy. Now, I know that most people will think or, or 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 they'll think that trying to fit all these vitamins into their diet um, is going to be really difficult uh, and they're probably right in all honesty in this day and age because all of our vegetables or much of our vegetables are mass produced which means that the earth the goodness in the earth has been shared around such a vast number of vegetables that it just doesn't have the same um, potency as it used to. So I would highly recommend you know buying organic or local grown if you can but if you want to make one big change to your life, you know, there are hundreds of supplements out there. I would recommend personally that you choose a, a brand that's reputable and one that is providing you all these vitamins from their natural whole food sources. And that is something I can help you with if you want to have a chat about how you can simply add one nutritional um, drink into your diet each day to try and counter decades of just um, unknowing neglect and um, deprivation so that we can get your body functioning. It's a bit like fine tuning it and it doesn't have to be forever, but let's let's work together so that you can understand what it is that your body might be deficit in so that you can uh, start to make improvements. And I will leave it there. Please do get in touch if you've got any questions or if I've missed anything. I am always on the search for learning and I'm sure there are medical professionals out there that will correct me if I've got anything wrong. I absolutely am open to that because um, I love to learn so that I can help you all through with your problems. Okay, everyone, I hope you enjoyed this session here on Bedhead and Bleary Eyes, the podcast. If you like this type of thing, go and look me up on my website where I'll direct you to even more content related to the topic I've discussed today. If you want to start your journey, you can find out more at bedheadandbleareyeyes.com to get started. Join me in my accountability groups if you would like daily access to me and my community, plus live coaching calls and the most life-changing programs you will find.
coming to you from the back of the camper van today because these are the things we do when we're so passionate about the messages we want to give. And the reason that I do that is because I want to help you learn from some of the efforts that I've had to put in to get unstuck. And if I can do that in a way that helps you get unstuck quicker than it took me, 40 years to be exact, then it's definitely worth my while. Um, and today's podcast, we are going to be talking about reward systems and that's all about changing behavior and creating new habits so that you can start to move your life forward. So I will apologize if you hear any strange noises. Who knows what's going to happen? We've got the dog here who's comfortable and quiet right now, but we just don't know what's going to happen. And if you hear the odd car passing, well, we can live with that, can't we? So what I'm going to talk about first is types of behavior. And we have two main types of behavior. The first one is your reflex, and that's something that happens automatically. You know, we have different um, pre-programmed reflexes that come from way, way, way back um, that are designed to keep us safe. And that's things like when things go to drop, that we'll catch them. If we touch something hot, we'll remove our hands from it. But we do an awful lot in a day that we don't even think about. So when we're looking at things, we're processing information, we are able to blink, heartbeat, breathe, all these things are happening automatically. And then we have this layer of reflexes. So there's a trigger and our body responds because it knows what it needs to do. In parallel to that, what we have then is what they call operant behaviors. And the reason that they're called operant is because you have to almost operate that behavior. You have to instigate it to happen. It's very purposeful and you have to choose it. And in order to turn some of these operant behaviors into more of a reflex or more of a habit, we have to use reinforcement and um, that can be done in lots of different ways. So reinforcement by um, praises or rewards, so positive outcomes for taking a certain behavior or punishment. So um, by punishing somebody or removing something from someone as a result of that behavior. And it's definitely something that's worth thinking about in your parenting style. Do you try to get your children to have different behaviors by reinforcing the good behaviors or punishing the negative behaviors? Because both have a place to play. But I would suggest that coaching people through reinforcement of praise and rewards is a much more enjoyable process than constantly dishing out punishment. Easier said than done. So the, what makes things different when you're trying to turn a behavior into a habit is, first of all, do you like the outcome or not? So if you take a certain action, do you like that outcome or not? And also, do you need the outcome or not? So do you need to have that result that will help create this motivation to turn that behavior into a, a habit? If you don't feel you need that operant, um, that result, then you're less likely to repeat the behavior again. So the reason I'm focusing on reward systems and these operant behaviors is because what we're trying to do when we create a healthy lifestyle is not wake up one morning and be all singing, all dancing, totally healthy through and through, because that will result in overwhelm, exhaustion, and a feeling of failure when you slip. What we're trying to do is reprogram some of these habits each day 
to help you create mo uh, motivation to help you move towards your end goal of living the healthiest, happiest life that you can. Um, and therefore, we need to be conscious of the positive and the negative reinforcement. And we need to try and find a way to help you learn how to do some of the things that maybe you don't at first actually enjoy doing. For example, choosing healthy foods and finding the energy to do a workout. Because to start with, people don't enjoy the actual behaviour of doing these things. We know that it will get us to a long-term goal, but if we can introduce some short-term rewards to make sure that we try and stick to plan, encourage us to stick to plan, that's where the motivation comes. You don't wake up with it just one morning. Now there is a, 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 a way back um, requirement for our body to have energy. And the biggest problem that a lot of people I speak to have is this sugar addiction um, or emotional eating. And it's because many of our happy celebrations are centered around meals. There's Christmas or birthdays, there's cake, there's turkey, Thanksgiving. Um, all these things create and link the trigger of a celebration with, uh, with food and it creates a happy feeling. And our body craves this happiness, this feeling of love, this joy, this social interactions. And it starts to link the sensation that it gets when it consumes the food in these celebrations to positive rewards. And that's why it's very difficult to try and unpick these food cravings because it really is your body saying, I want happiness. I want, I want that feeling of satisfaction that I've previously experienced through eating these foods. So it is, it's a no brainer when it comes to, you know, broccoli v cake. Why can I choose to say no to cake in the moment and to say yes to broccoli? And the answer is, that I have trained myself to reward myself by having a nice soak in the bath, a nice glass of wine, and read a book at the end of a week or the end of a month, if I stick to plan. And that's where the discipline comes in. It's the discipline of not rewarding yourself unless you stick to the plan. And that obviously needs certain decisions made as to what warrants uh, a reward. Many of us, me included, get into this rut when you're a really busy mum, that you're working full time like I was, that you will reward yourself for just surviving the day. And if you're going to allow yourself these rewards for just surviving the day, there's no incentive to push the boundaries and move your life forward. So these are the little things that we need to try and rewire. And as I said, we're looking to do it one at a time. But why do we want things to be habits? The truth is that by creating habits, in the same sense as when you learn to drive a car, you allow your brain to learn these routines so it doesn't have to think about it. So I know my morning routine is a habit. I don't have to think about it. There's no emotion attached to it. The alarm goes off, bang, I'm up and I've started. And because I know that there is a really valuable feeling at the end of investing an hour in myself and my personal development and my magpie morning, that is enough to keep me doing it every single day. So I have trained myself into a positive habit, whereas previously I'd have just pressed snooze because I know that a sense of joy, gratification and happiness and motivation is the result of that. And then I can use that motivation to impact other areas of my life. In the same way that you drive a car, 
you don't have to initially well initially you have to think about you know clutch gears indicators mirrors and quite often now we'll find that actually you've driven 10 20 minutes down the road and it's all on autopilot and whilst our senses are there ready to react the actual operant behaviors become habit um, and second nature so you don't have to expend loads of concentrating energy on just moving forward so what we're looking to do when it comes to creating and embedding new habits is we're looking to become aware of what the triggers are what behavior we want to introduce and then what reward it is that we're going to allocate so a trigger might be boredom in an evening where actually normally we'd go to the fridge or we'd sit down and watch netflix or scroll through our phone we want to change that behavior into something that will serve us better so for example if you're bored um, even if it's phone a friend to avoid the negative um, behavior or if you're if you're hungry drink some water or if you're needing uh, to fill an hour maybe or half an hour uh, think about doing a workout an accumulation of those rewards might be that when you if you stick to the program that you're doing for four weeks then you'll reward yourself with a, a date night with your partner something like that something that's going to evoke some emotion that's going to mean that actually the following month you're going to install that routine again and over time it becomes part of who you are and part of your um, healthy lifestyle so we're talking about these triggers the behaviors and then the reward it's really important though um, and it's a difficult one for some people to start with because we we often um, get into the habit of on a Friday I know I'm talking from experience here on a Friday I'm gonna have pizza and ice cream because I've stuck to my diet plan all week and that is where we start undoing all the good work we've done what would serve us better is if you reward yourself with a subscription to some bath bombs and you make Friday night that night that you sit and read a book do some personal development work on your mind because you've worked on your body um, and try to reduce some of the stress that might be affecting you and impacting your ability to um, to keep that uh, commitment to your future self so willpower is definitely not something that is natural to most people it's definitely something that has to be um, learned and it does take discipline and there are always going to be distractions along the way and what I would say is never let one distraction put you off course you can always just get to your destination a day later if we break from our routines and if we make a couple of less than perfect choices towards our goals that's when we start to remove the um, the reward so rather than punishing yourself by starving yourself the next day you just don't get the reward at the end of the day the end of the week the end of the month and perhaps you're just a day later at getting to your goals what we're trying to avoid is the highs and the lows and that emotional um, attachment that we create to these but actually make it much more logical that well I'll just have to do better next week tomorrow's a new day or the next meal's a new meal we don't have to wait back to Monday to start fresh we just pick it up where we left off and we try and learn how we can avoid um, veering off course uh, the next time so people look at me quite often and think that I was born with this motivation and this discipline it's definitely something that I've learned and I take you know sometimes some mornings it's really easy to jump out of bed other mornings I just can't think of anything worse but I just know that that feeling I get when I've had my pre-workout 
when I'm properly hydrated, when I'm not hungover, when I've invested in myself, done my meditation, um, that feeling is the feeling that I crave because that's the feeling I want to experience for the rest of my life. And I'm hoping that I've got quite a few decades left to be able to do that. So I hope that's helped you today. It's a really, really simple process. As I said, think about what triggers you can use put the behaviours onto conscious level so you can choose the better behaviour and then think really carefully about what a sensible reward would be. It has to attract you, but you have to be disciplined enough to withhold that reward if you don't stick to your own plan, which means create a plan that's achievable and then we're going to focus on constantly celebrating success rather than the negative self-talk that can quite often be attached to failing at unachievable targets. Thanks for calling. You've reached Lynn at Bedhead and Bleary Eyes. Apparently, I'm not answering my phone right now. However, I make it a priority to get back with clients and friends. So please leave a message after the tone with your name and why you called. If this isn't a good number for me to return your call on, then better leave a number as well. I look forward to speaking to you. Thank you.